to EST. If you love the established church, this is the place to have conversations about why the established church matters, how to better serve her, and to hear stories every week about how God is using the church for His glory and our good. The show is hosted each week by Sam Rayner, Josh King, and Micah Fries. We're glad you're here. Hey, what's up? And welcome to another episode of EST, the podcast for established church leaders by established church leaders. This show is uh, unique, I think, because all of the people talking on the show have actually done it and are doing it. We're in the trenches with you. This isn't theory. This is practice. I am joined, uh, as always, or usually, with my good friends, Micah <laughs> and Sam. How are you guys this morning? I'm I'm awesome, man. We, we had Nick Ripkin at our church yesterday. And he ripped us to shreds and we loved it. Mm. <laughs> For those who don't know Nick Ripkin, author of The Insanity of God, uh, great man of the faith, his wife, Ruth, amazing person, uh, missionaries in Somalia, incredible story. You should go te- check it out. This is not an advertisement, not a paid ad. It's just like <laughs> me just saying, you have to go read that book, Insanity of God. Unbelievable. And Micah, your, your allergies are, are not being nice to you right now. Huh? Man, I'm telling you, started yesterday afternoon after church, I got lit up and I've been... I've been struggling ever since. Yeah, you sound like it. Yeah. You sound horrible, I don't, I don't feel great. Well, I, I feel about <laughs> like I sound. <laughs> you look great. You look great. From oh, Mike, you look amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've got that you face look, for radio, look. you know. <laughs> Which for our listeners, we don't see each other. We just hear each other. Which is we... funny that you say that, Sam, because I have regularly been asked how often we get together to record these. They think we're sitting across – or people think we're sitting across from – not everybody – but people think we're kind of sitting across from each other. That's a good thing. That means the audio's far improved from where we start. I mean, for our listeners who began with this. Goodness, that was bad. Yeah. It so still th- is. It's still a struggle. And so people will regularly say, you know, message me um, helpful hints. I put help in uh, quotes. Helpful <laughs> hints on how to improve our audio. And, you should uh, be using a microphone, Josh. That would help. <laughs> if you would start using a microphone. <laughs> People say that. Would you use this mic? And then they'll send me like links to new microphones and stuff like that. I was like, man, this is like, this is out of my own pocket. Where if, do I get if, any money on this? If I was able to know technology really well, I would mm-hmm. create voice filters, which I'm sure somebody's done this. So, you know, if you podcast or if you preach, I'd have an Adrian Rogers filter or yes. something like that, you know, where you can, you can run your voice through the filter and it makes you sound more like them. Isn't that what those people use that are calling in like um, death threats and stuff? Don't they use some sort of filter to make it sound like a robot? Well, then, well, yeah, but then you just sound like a serial killer preaching. So. <laughs> some preachers do. All right. And we have a, uh, a guest on the show today from middle Georgia, which I just learned is uh, in the Macon area, I guess. Macon, Warner Robins area. Right. Yes. Chuck Lewis is here. And here. he is... <laughs> Welcome, Chuck, to the show. Um, Chuck Lewis is the pastor of Wellspring Church in the Warner Robins area, Middle Georgia area. And as most of our listeners know, we, we try to bring a guest on every now and then just to hear about what's going on at ground level. You know, we've heard from our friends up in Okotoks, Canada. We've heard from friends in Massachusetts. We've heard from people from all over. So, I figured, you know, let's go down to the deep south. And let's hear from somebody who's doing it at ground level. Chuck has an amazing story. His um, his church is doing an incredible work, and it was a revitalization work. So, Chuck, welcome to EST. Yeah, man, I'm glad to be here. I've I've been here at uh, uh, Wellspring Church for uh, about five years, and uh, and when I came, the church was literally dying. Um, 
the average age of the church was 72. So, so we've average, uh, average age, av- average age. So there and was, was it called Wellspring at the time. It was not. It was called Westside Baptist. Okay. Oh, you took the Baptist out of the name. Well, we just, we just dropped it. We didn't really take it out. <laughs> I like the way you just said that. Yeah. That is, man, diplomacy. That's right. Who who knew as a pastor you had to be a diplomat, right? If you're going to revitalize the church, diplomacy is number one. <laughs> yeah, it's important. Hey, that's that's tweetable right there. Diplomacy is number one if you're going to revitalize the church. This and there's a lot of truth to that, no doubt. So, is. Chuck, t- tell us tell us a little about, about where the church was and then where it is now and uh, and just a few pieces of how you how how'd you get there yeah so um the the church the the facility that we're in is a wonderful facility it's only about uh, 17 years old uh and so the church was moving in this direction um 20 years ago uh toward you know expanding growing had a great vision but when they moved to this piece of property uh, they they actually moved out of the growth area of the county, and uh, and so the church began to slow down a bit. Leadership changed, and so as the leadership changed, they uh, um, as as leadership changed, all that takes place. The church just began to decline over time. So very common story. I mean, yeah. this is a lot of churches. This is many of our listeners' churches, and you know that you know a lot of our listeners are in revitalization stories. I mean, that this is you are living the classic case of revitalization. Yes. I'm, I'm curious why it moved. If it moved out of the growth area, why did it do that? What was the idea? So they moved out of the growth area because the facility that they were in was about a 45, 50 year old facility at that uh-huh. time, and uh, and they had outgrown it. And so the church was expanding and the church was growing. And so they actually moved to the north side of our county, which puts us between Macon and Warner Robins. Uh, but over time, uh, Warner Robins actually grew south instead of north toward Macon. Ah, so, so it was a misread on the growth patterns? It was, it was, yeah. And that was part of the reason that we changed the name from Westside Baptist to Wellspring. Because you um, weren't in the west. We weren't on the west side of anything. So. Mm. Looking back, you know, you can't rewrite history, but looking back, would you have moved or would you have done something different to where you were? No, I think, um, and again, you know, I've been here five years, and so that took place 20 years ago. Right. But uh, but, but as I have looked uh, at sort of the, uh, uh, the the overall plan and where they were, they, they made the right strategy to move mm-hmm. uh, just, just because of the facility. Um, the Obviously, the geographics uh, – uh, of where everything was growing, they misread, uh, but the demographics were also shifting, and so this was in sort of that movement of the uh, of the white flight, and mm-hmm. so uh, and so they they kind of jumped onto that bandwagon as well. I think I think that's interesting because you bring up something here. When you change your location, there may be a necessity to change your strategy or approach. Yes. And I don't know that a lot of churches think through that, that just the change of location changes some of the approach that you're doing. Obviously, the name didn't make any sense anymore. Uh, it reminds me of this two churches in uh, the Fort Worth area. They're both named after roads that they were historically on, but then they moved like miles away from those roads and still have the name. Like they, one church moved into the old facility of the other church. 
and that church moved out to the other, um, to the western region of Fort Worth. Both of them have names of roads that they're not on anymore and just doesn't make any sense, you know. So it's interesting that you change, you guys, when you got there five years ago, actually changed the strategy for a church that was there. Right. Yeah. So so when I came, obviously the church had had declined uh, dramatically uh, over a over a fourteen year period, uh, but most dramatically over the previous five years. What caused that? Again, the strategy uh, was. I hate to say it this way, but I mean it was just a bad. They had a strategy, but it was a bad strategy. Right. The um, the strategy really was let's just make sure that we keep the people that we have happy and content. And they'll invite people to come, mm-hmm. and um, and so, uh, but but that I don't really see that as a strategy. But that was their said strategy. That was really what they went for. Uh, you, you know, you've really touched on something that if we can just get people to a place of being happy, which is not necessarily a bad thing as a right. pastor, right? right? It, you know, it, it can have good intentions and genuine motives. But if we can just get people to the place of being happy, then they'll invite our friends and we'll grow. And you know what? Almost in every case that it doesn't work. Right. I mean, that's, I'd never, it's so simple. I'd never really thought of a lot of strategy and approaches that we kind of just naturally fall into. Maybe we wouldn't vocalize it. Maybe we wouldn't put it on a piece of paper saying this is our strategy. But that's what a lot of us pastors end up doing. Right. If I can just get this group or this church in a happy place, then they'll invite their friends. And you know what? It doesn't work. Mm-mm. So it the, doesn't. That's not what grows the church. The pastor that was here uh, for seven years, and then they went into a two and a half year interim. But the pastor that was here for seven years um, was a um, uh, very deep theological, um, almost like a seminary esque kind of a, a teaching style. Uh, extremely brilliant, great pastor. Um, but um, but we're sort of in a more blue collar area, and so there were some. There were some things, some challenges that they were faced with, and they didn't really adapt their strategy to any of that. And the church just slowly began to decline. Um, but but through that, and then they went into an interimship, and, and then that long in, uh, interim, uh, the church really declined through that season. And so when I came, they didn't, they didn't know what to do. They yeah. knew that if they didn't do anything within the next 10 years, the church was going to close its doors. And so they were really wide open for, man, God send us somebody mm-hmm. uh, to lead us somewhere. Now, when um, when I'm always curious about this aspect of the story, when you say that they were open to do things, was it the, the I'm assuming a committee brought you? Was it a pastor search committee? It was a pastor search committee. Okay. So when they brought Are, are they still there? Can I ask? How many of them are still there? There are two of the nine still here. That very, again, for those of you in revitalization, very common. <laughs> right. And did the committee, um, is the committee the ones that said, yeah, we're open for change. Here's what we're going to do, all that kind of stuff. Or is it um, the ones, the, uh, the church itself? Did so, you did you feel that vibe from the church or did you feel that from the committee? I, I actually felt that vibe more from the church than I did the committee. Hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, and so as I talk to other guys who are revitalized, that's generally like the, the, the committee has grand dreams, but the church doesn't really want to fall suit. Um, I, I'll tell you a quick funny story. Um, I didn't really want to come here, uh, and, and so I actually turned the church down a couple of times before coming. 
And, uh, and so then they called me back and God prevailed. And, and so I really was still trying to put out my proverbial fleece, if you will. And, uh, and so I preached on, um, the paralytic man. Yeah. And I basically said, listen, there's three types of people in this. There's Jesus, the one who's going to bring the healing. Uh, there's the friends who's going to bring the person to be healed. And there's the religious people. And so the religious people were the ones standing in the way of this man needing desperately to find Jesus. Did you point at him and say, that's you? And so I said, if you would, please do me this. If, if ushers, if you would guys open up the back doors uh-huh. and if you guys would look, there's nobody trying to get in. <laughs> and it could be because the religious people have stood in the way long enough. Wait, did you really open the doors? Did they literally open them? Yes. Wow. And oh, so, that's awesome. And yeah. so that was that was the day that uh, in the Baptist circles, that was in view of a call. That was the mm-hmm. message that I preached. Right. And they voted unanimously to bring me. So they didn't. They didn't know what they were voting <laughs> they, on. They did not <laughs> unanimously. You had a cool illustration in the middle there. Hey, this is a little off topic, just slightly off topic. But you're in Georgia, um, so I'm curious about your your stance on the Popeyes Chick Fil A sandwich thing. I don't I, like. I don't understand it. <laughs> like it's it's. I mean Chick Fil A. Like there is nothing else. Uh-huh. And so, but but literally, we just had a Popeyes open up this week here in Warner Robins, uh-huh. and you can't you cannot get in the place. Yeah, that's how it is here in Conway. I don't understand that at all. I haven't had it yet. I'm hoping it's not a fad. I don't. I'm not standing in line for a chicken. I don't. I don't care if it's Chick Fil A. I'm not standing. Yeah, I'm in not line standing for Chick Fil A. Okay, so I've I've seen this debate, uh-huh. and I'm I'm just I'm, I've watched it as an observer from Florida. Um, it is a bit bizarre. So, I'm, I feel right at home. Um, I know. If somebody with, from with Florida this, is calling something bizarre, then yeah. it's pretty weird. Yeah, yeah. So, but here's the thing. I, I think that I, on this show, I've made it pretty well known that I think Cracker Barrel is way overrated and it's a Waffle House just pretending to be fancy. <laughs> and if you're going to do it, you might as well do it right and go to Waffle House. So, why, why would you even eat at Cracker Barrel? Go to Waffle House. And then I, I, I don't understand the whole Chick-fil-A is the most amazing thing ever. I mean, it's okay. But I think Zaxby's, Zaxby's, if you're going to do fried chicken. Bite your tongue. Zaxby's. Okay. Oh wow! Zaxby's, okay, the, the Zaxby's giant. is the is the weaker and lesser chicken option. <laughs> so Popeyes sleeping, is somewhere behind that. Chick Fil A. The sleeping is the, giant has just awakened. That yeah. is Mike. I've just been sitting here listening to all of this, and I ha- I'm not on Twitter. I don't get on. T- I haven't gotten on Twitter in like ten weeks, and so I don't even know what the. I, I heard that there was a controversy, but I've not paid right. attention to it. All I know is the idea that Zaxby's or Popeyes is better than Chick Fil A is heresy, it, yes. and I would practice church discipline on you. Well, see, and and you're all jacked up on antihistamines or something right now, so you're not even thinking clearly, and it's just hilarious that that's the one thing that causes you to unmute, that unmute is your gonna, mic. That is going to get me animated. I just I'm finished my Chick Fil A sandwich about thirty minutes Chick-fil-A ago. Chick Fil A is so, okay. actually amazing. Chick Fil A. I don't like was, hype over anything, but yeah, Chick Fil A was founded, you know, forty five minutes north of where I'm located. Yeah, and Georgia so, has to have something. And so that's right. And so it's like it it is heresy if you like any other kind of chicken. Mm. So I'm I'm curious running back towards the church revitalization conversation. 
<laughs> I'm curious, Chuck, as you got there to the church, Chuck, and you know, you 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 gave them this illustration of the religious people standing in the way of those who need Jesus. What are those initial first steps that you took within the church to help point them towards being externally focused? So there was a um, uh, a, a book written uh, several years ago about servanthood and serving in the community. Uh, and so we just began to take illustrations and ideas from different churches, from different topics. Uh, and we just began to say, hey, look, if you will, join us. We're going we're gonna to go here. We're going to hand out bottled water on the street corners. We're going to go to the school and give out pencils. We're... And so we just began to really focus on getting into the community. And I kept coming back to that sermon illustration. Like there are paralytic people out there. They're not in here. And so let's go out there. And so we just began to to strategize in a way of let's go reach people. And so people were all jacked up. They were all excited about that, you know, until those people began to come with their problems. And, and, and you know, I, I guess one of the things that, that I had to learn for me was I had to know my audience. Like I've, I've always known that from a communication style. But knowing my audience, and as my audience changed, I, I had to adapt the way that I was leading and the way that I was communicating. So you start leading in the church, and you start pushing them towards this direction. Name change and all of that is involved in it. Um, what percentage of the church that was there when you got there? You said seven of the nine from the search committee are gone. What percentage percentage of the church said, you know, this is not for us, and then you know, kind of walked away? So we never really had a you know, like a mass people walk away. Uh, but, but it was an evolution. And so the, um, uh, we, we hired a new worship pastor, which, you know, is, was obviously controversial, uh, about six months into me being here. We didn't actually do the name change until a year ago. Uh, and so we, we actually went through the pretty much the revitalization process and then changed the name. But, um, uh, but, but as people began to get uncomfortable with, with with people who were desperate for Jesus coming into the church, um, we began to move away from doing church wide fellowships, and uh, and we began to move those church wide fellowships into the streets. We would actually take those out somewhere, and uh, uh, and so we've done a lot in the school system here, and uh, uh, and we've partnered with the uh, Chamber of Commerce uh, and host and do a lot of things for their events and that kind of stuff. And so we've been very very intentional about being in the community. And so people just began to, and it was almost, it was almost like, you know, you would lose one, but you would pick up one or two and then you would lose one and then you'd pick up one or two. And so, so it's been more of an evolution than it has anything else. All right, Chuck, we, we, I, we have got to tell our audience about your, your sign story. Cause I know this story cause you and I've talked before. <laughs> So you know you you know that I'm going to ask you this, and you, you when we ask you to be on the show, I didn't tell you that I was going to ask you. This, but you knew this was coming. Yes. So uh, tell us. So you basically um, revitalized and then relaunched, right? Which is a strange way of going about it, but not a bad way. Um, certainly not the way that everyone needs to do it. Um, so you worked through the hard process of right. getting people on board, and then and then once you had some momentum. Relaunched, which is a just an absolutely fascinating right. story. So tell us, because you guys didn't have a whole lot of money for a while, and you probably still don't have a ton of money, um, just because of where you're at in the process. But right. tell tell us what you did about your church sign. 
So, so let me let me let me back into it, Sam, to give you to, to give the the audience here sort of the the read. Uh, is yeah, we 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 decided to go through the revitalization process because I really believe this uh, that the church can be a place that's very damaging to people if you're not really careful. And so we didn't want to bring in people who were desperate for Jesus and 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 then experience a bunch of controversy. And so so we decided to just deal with the controversy in house uh, and then relaunch. Uh, but 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 no matter what we did, the church still continued to grow in spite of it. Uh, and so uh, and so we had people g- begin to get excited about, well, gosh, if, if there's a possibility of a name change. And so we put together a whole team of people for name, you know, uh, really begin to create excitement about, around it. And uh, and yeah, so money was really tight. And uh, so we figured, like, how's the best way for us to create some more controversy over what's taking place? And so uh, so we decided to take huge tarps and hang over our sign that's out by the road. It's, you know, it's 20 feet up in the air. It's a huge sign. Uh, and so we uh, we just hung huge tarps over it and just took a can of spray paint and spray painted on the tarp coming soon and a date. And that was it. <laughs> and, and we left it there for a month. And so, Sam, I actually thought about you yesterday. I was getting my hair cut and and I was telling somebody that I was the pastor and the lady goes, y'all are the church that had the tarp hanging over your sign. <laughs> it's like, yes, that's us. Yeah. It created tons of hype. Yeah. Didn't didn't you create like a social media story around it as well? Yeah, yeah, we did a whole social media uh thing around it and uh, uh and so the local news uh got a hold of it and so they came and did a like a news bit on it like what's going on, what's happened and uh and so yeah, I mean it just really? created, it just went viral here in middle Georgia. Hmm. So, so to to our listeners, because a, a lot of our listeners are in, we say smaller churches, but normative sized churches. A lot of our listeners are going through revitalization, and you know, one of the things that we kind of fall back on is, well, if I had a, if I had a staff, if I had a better staff, if I had more money, maybe I could get this done. Uh, you guys literally put giant tarps over yes. your sign and got a can of spray paint and just wrote coming soon yeah. and God used it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So to, to our listeners, this can be done. I'm not saying that that needs to be your approach, but, but it can be done even with limited funds, limited resources and limited people. But if right. it is, if it is your strategy, please send me pictures. I want to see it. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know what? You know what? We should do this because we're talking about church signs. Hey, tweet us pictures of your church signs Add and just show church. it. Yep. At EST Church on Twitter. And um, I would love to just see what your church signs look like because, you know, uh, we have a boatload boatload of them out there. And if you have – and I know that there's a – Ed Stetzer and some others kind of do, you know, funny church signs, signs that um, have – churches have put some less than uh, Christ-like things on their signs. Uh, If you have some of those too, you can send them to us. So, at EST Church. Yeah, love to see them. So, I'm curious because – and you, you make a fascinating distinction here. In fact, Sam, I think that the whole idea of revive before replant or revive before relaunch or whatever. Relaunch, yeah. Relaunch. Yeah, is the healthy way to do this. A lot of people get into churches and, man, they just – we've talked about it before. If I change the logo and the name and, the, and I get a new sign, um, then all this is going to be fine. But all you're doing is what they call, you know, like – just painting a barn or putting lipstick on a pig. It's still the broken church underneath it. And so 
I think that, you know, what you did there was fascinating and it's helpful to point out that y'all just rebranded like a year ago. Right. And you've been in this for five years. Right. What were some of the, what are the top things as far as health is concerned you guys have attacked first off? So the, um, uh, the, uh, if you ask anybody in our church, what's the word that I use the most? And it's discipleship. It's mm. like, this is all about the journey. And so what I began to ask some of our older, more quote-unquote mature uh, uh, church members to do was begin to journey with some of these younger people as they're coming in. Meet them where they're at. Understand what they're going through. And so probably the hardest leap for these more established church people was that they wanted these people who were completely unchurched and broken to come to church one Sunday, have a moment, and be miraculously changed. And it's like, but it, it doesn't work that way. It's it's a journey. And so as we begin to work through that journey with people, it, it became glaringly apparent to me that, gosh, if I keep bringing lost, unchurched, hurting people in mm-hmm. to people who aren't going to journey with them, I'm actually going to I'm actually going to be a part of a setback for some of these people. Right. And so we we began to just be intentional about how do we slowly kill off some stuff? How do we rework some stuff? And so we went through a complete overhaul of our constitution and bylaws. Um, we uh, we re- reworked how our church is governed and led. Uh, and so we we did all that. Uh, and and here's something else that I would encourage uh, guys who are in revitalizations and revitalization churches to do is focus on your business meetings. We always want to say shut them down, just get rid of them. Man, that's such great advice. But I'm telling you to focus on them. And so here's what we did is we said the main business of the church is leading people to Jesus and seeing them take a step closer to Jesus. And so Hmm. our business meetings are going to focus 75% on celebrating restored lives. You know, that's a great point. And I I have to give my moderator uh, credit, uh, Jack May. I don't even know if Jack listens to this podcast. I, I doubt he does. But if he's listening, Jack, I love you, man. Uh, Jack's been at our church. He's one of the patriarchs of our church, and, and he has told our church of, of our quarterly business meetings, which we emphasize, by the way. Um, he says, the business of the church is the Great Commission. So, this isn't a business meeting. This is a Great Commission that's meeting. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. And, and he says that, that that's how we start a lot of our business meetings is the only business that we're going to talk about is things that are focused on the Great Commission. Do you guys um, – I'm curious. Do you guys invite uh, – so, you say you emphasize them. We we emphasize them as well, and I encourage everybody that's checking out our church to come see, come to the what we call church conferences. I've always done that. Like, come and see, come be a part of this. It's and we obviously, you know, if we got to vote or something, if you're not a member, you don't get to vote. But but I remind our church that we shouldn't, that we should behave as though there are guests and children in the room, and it changed the the culture of those meetings. So obviously, hmm. when we were doing the the typical old business meeting style, right? There's no way I would want a visitor to come to that. But sure. but now uh, we actually call them town hall meetings. Okay. And uh, and so, but but we do that because we want guests to come and see what the heart of the church is. Right. That's my that's my point there. Yeah. And so so yeah. So now we encourage it. Yeah. I think they can be helpful. If you're, I, I say, if you're exploring a church and you want to kind of see how the church operates, that's right. Then at those quote unquote business meetings, those are, that's going to tell you a lot more about the way the church actually is than on a Sunday morning that's because exactly right. you're dealing with money, you're dealing with priorities, you're dealing with personalities. And then, of course, we always have 
Ours is our moniker is celebrate what God has done and look forward to what he's going to do. So that's that's what we're doing at that time. We're celebrating. And then sometimes we have to make decisions and then we, then we have food. So um, they're a great time for people to come and hang out with us. Yeah. So we set up our foyer area. Uh, we mm-hmm. have a coffee shop and all that stuff out there. And so we set it up on uh, uh, on those evenings for people to come in and we've got finger foods for them. Uh, and and we, we rent um, uh, helium tanks. And so we fill the auditorium full of balloons and streamers. And we have, I mean, it's just like a party. It's a celebration. And so some of the people who were really wanted to focus on, on just the money, uh, we said, no, 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 no. There's other things to focus on and let's celebrate what God's doing. And so hmm. all of that really began to paint a picture that we're serious about reaching a community that is desperate for Jesus. And we're less concerned about making sure that the people in here are happy. You'll be happy when you see these people lives change for Jesus. And so we just, we focus Brilliant. on celebration. Brilliant. So, all right, Chuck, we, we've got just a little bit of time left. It's day one. You're a new pastor. You've uh, come to a church of 50 people. It's not a terrible church, but it needs a lot of work. You know, if you're, for our listeners in the Deep South, because that's your your context, right. wh- what's your priority? And I know that there's a lot of different types of churches that are out there, but wh- what would you say to the person who's stepping in day one? What What's the best piece of advice you got? Number one, find out who the leaders are. Number two, find out if they're godly or not. Mm. Hmm. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. So we tend to find out where the power is, but then we don't ask the follow-up question. Right. Are these are they godly? They may be they may be godly people that God has kept there just to keep the remnant alive. It's a great point. So not all these people are bad people. Mm. So Yeah, power can be in the hands of those who love Jesus and power can be in the hands of those who don't. But then it's, it's an excellent point. And we had both. Here we had both. And uh, and the church was still large mm. enough that that you know it wasn't it wasn't a fifty person church. It was a two hundred person church, but but it was but it was dying quickly, and uh, and so we found out that there were some people who masked themselves as godly people who really weren't, but there were some really godly people, and so uh, and so I I mean gosh I spent a lot of money on breakfast, lunch, and dinner, just hanging out with people, getting to know them, and letting them get to know my heart. It's good stuff. Well, hey, um, we are about out of time, and and Josh, I'm kind of stealing your portion of the show. So, hey, hey, it's our show. <laughs> well, I know, but you're you act as the host, and you do it Sometimes, so yeah. well. Yeah. And poor poor Micah, he's still on he's mute. Not feeling well. Is this is this is the snot just flowing right now, Micah? <laughs> just hurt. It's not flowing. I just do not feel good. My head is hurting right now. Well, Man. okay, so you know, everyone can say a prayer for Micah. Because by the time you listen to this, if he's still sick, he definitely needs your your. Prayer. Yeah, actually, I think by the time we listen to this, I'm going to be in Israel when uh, when this publishes. I think that's right. Oh man, well, do you need to get rid of your congestion before you get on exactly a cross right. Atlantic uh, flight? Yep, that's the truth. So, all right. So, for our listeners, here's the thing: we have um, kind of a, a, a new way that we're doing our our sponsors. Mm-hmm. Um, so, this is brand new. Really, really excited about this because. We've been talking uh, with each other, like, how do we get resources to you, our listeners, and get them at a, at a discount? And we were able to work out a deal um, with Church Answers. 
And so for those of you who do revitalization, we we have an excellent offer here. Four steps to revitalizing your church. And it's with my dad, Tom Rayner. And I always have to say my dad because then people will ask, is that your dad? And it's like, yeah, yes, yes. He's been my dad since the day I was born. Since a um, young age. <laughs> yes, it's a very young age. Um, so between 65 and 90% of churches in the United States need some form of revitalization. And you can revitalize your church. Sometimes you just need a little help as to what to do and a, and a guide. And so this is a great resource. It's seven hours of training, step-by-step instruction. You've got notes and audio files and bonus content and resources. Um, and we're going to get it to you for an exclusive discount, $150 off. So it usually goes for about $397. You can get it for $247. So just go to samrainer.com and then click on the show notes for the EST podcast and it'll take you right to the checkout page. And that checkout page from my blog will have the exclusive price of $247. $150 off, you got to get this. So anyway, just a little plug there for um, for our sponsor, Church Answers. Very grateful to them for setting this up. Right. And, uh, and not only are they sponsoring the podcast, they're going to give you a discount that nobody else gets. So you have to be listening to the podcast to get these just discounts. Just ESTers. Tears. Just ESTers. That's right. So samrainer.com, click on the link in the show notes and it'll take you right to that checkout page. All so right. Josh- Thanks so Back much for to listening, you. and uh, make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe, and you're sharing us on the Twitterverse. We appreciate you, and we'll check you next week. You've been listening to EST, a discussion for the established church. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter, as well as subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcatcher. Thanks for listening. EST is proud to be a part of the LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network.